Ebullient greetings. I'm your host, Jackie Bird of Jackie Bird Spiritual Wellness, your guide to stress and anxiety relief, mindfulness, awareness, self-care, self-love, and personal growth. Welcome and thank you for joining me as we roll with peace in mind. Today's riff is Are You On The Right Train? Riding on the urge. These episodes feature people who are doing their thing, they follow their heart and their passion, and they create how they want, what they want, when they want. And they are riding on the right train. Today's spotlight is Angela Robinson. Angela Robinson is best known as the Ice Queen Veronica Harrington of Tyler Perry's The Haves and the Have-Nots. Angela has worked on Broadway, off-Broadway, and on stages throughout the U.S. and abroad. Hey, everybody. I am so geeked up. I'm always (laughs) geeked up. I know. I'm always saying for every interview, I always say I'm geeked up. But I am. I'm especially geeked up because I'm talking to my sister friend, the wonderful Angela Robinson Whitehurst. Oh, my good girlfriend, Jackie Bird. What's up, Bird? Girl, you know, <laughs> I'm going to ask you, Angela, to tell folks where you're from and what you are doing right now. Okay. I'm Angela Robinson Whitehurst. I'm from Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, born and raised. Been living in the New York area for too long to mention. But I, <laughs> I do think of myself as a New Yorker. You right. know, I live in Jersey right now. But you know what, Jackie, you too. I mean, even though we live in Jersey, I think of myself as a New Yorker. Same right? here. Same yeah. here. Brooklyn girl. I am always a Brooklyn and all will always be a Brooklyn girl. I'll always be a New Yorker. Even, you know, I live in Jersey for grass and trees and no hating on Jersey. That's just how it is. Our industry is there, I think. And I'm at home like everyone uh, should be yes uh, for our heroes, our essential workers Ooh. who have to go out every yes. day. God bless them. Uh, yes, pray for them every day. Um, yes. But I'm at home and um, happy to be at home talking to you. Angela and I met on the Broadway show Play On, and I, I'm laughing because I remember Angela when it hit that we had a connection, a Jacksonville connection. You remember, oh, you remember that, okay, okay. Because I remember when we, when it hit that we had just a connection, but tell me about the Jacksonville connection. I don't know if you had spoken to my cousin Conrad. It's deep that Conrad would be the one basically to bring home that connection for us. Uh, And I'm I'm referencing to a cousin of mine, uh, Conrad, who passed away very, very early in his life. Conrad was, um, for me, because I don't know my mother's family, he always reached out to me and it was important for him to make sure that I knew who my mother's family was. So the fact that he was the one to, I think, bring home the connection between you and I is just fitting. I think it was a delayed reaction and then you realize, wait a minute, your mother was from Jacksonville. (laughs) I remember when all of that happened. Yeah. So, you know, there are no accidents and we are all connected. Yeah. We met during that show. I just want to say for someone that is aware of some of the struggles in your journey as an actor, as a performer, I could not be 
more proud of what you have achieved and what you are achieving. Knowing that rocky road and knowing that there was a point where you almost were gonna step away for a minute, right? Okay, so now I'm gonna leave that on the table. I'm gonna back up. <laughs> From Jacksonville, yeah. did you always know you want to be an entertainer, a performer? Um, yes. When I was 10 years old, my mom took me to work with her. She was directing the senior class production of Bye Bye Birdie. Oh. And, and I would have to, after school, meet her at her job and sit in the bleachers and watch. And I learned every lyric. Bye bye, Bertie. You're gonna. I, I learned the whole thing. And I would go home at night and ask my mama to play the album, play the album. Play. <laughs> my son is two and he has a favorite song now. And I know what that I know what that feels like because wow. I was that at 10 years old. Play it, mama, play it. And wow. I could just listen to it all day. I knew all the lines, all the lyrics. I did not know at 10 that that was a viable career choice. Mm -hmm. I just knew that I loved it and I knew that that was something I would do. I thought I would do it at church or at school, but I didn't know that I could be that. I walked wow. around talking about, I'm gonna be a teacher and, a, yeah. and you know, all this, yeah. all the other things, you know? So it wasn't until much later, really even after college, that I felt bold enough to say, I wanna be an actor. Really? Mm -hmm. Between 10? And that moment of you claiming that you wanted to be an actor, mm -hmm. what happened in the middle? Were you getting, were you taking classes? My parents made a deal with me. You know, you can't major in theater, but you can take as many classes as you want. Mm -hmm. So I was always in theater classes. I was in a play or a musical every year at college. Lord knows, I don't know how I graduated with a degree. <laughs> <laughs> in sociology because all I wanted to do was perform and act and I was so I, yeah I was always there but I still did not think it was a career choice that I could pursue I didn't have the support of of my parents which meant mm. a whole lot to me yes. um, and you know I knew that I wasn't built for the struggle <laughs> That's real. That is real. <laughs> that is some real talk right there. I was like, oh, I don't want to live like that. Because <laughs> I knew that it was tough. You know, it was hard. Yes, boy. And, um, <laughs> yeah, so it was really even after college that I started doing, um, you know, community theater and, and dinner theater and got my equity card. Wow. And, uh, Mm -hmm. Got my equity card on my first professional job. And the guy who owned the, the dinner theater, um, Todd Booth, a mentor of mine to this day, mm. um, he said, I should not give you your equity card. It was Ain't Misbehaving, and because Ain't Misbehaving has a very small cast, everybody yes. had to be equity. And I was local, so I was cheap. <laughs> so, so he said, I'm, you know, he didn't have to house me or anything, you know? Right. And um, so he said, I'm going to give you your equity card. He said, I really shouldn't because you don't want to be competing with equity actors at this stage in your career. You really do want to do non-union stuff so you can mm -hmm. get more experience and more credit. Wow. And I said, okay. I mean, all I could see was I get health insurance and a nice paycheck and I was like no make me equity you know <laughs> so, so he said you know what I'm gonna do 
I'm gonna just hire you for the season so you could get some credits and get some experience and I'm gonna take you under my wing. Wow. And that's what he did. And he hired me for two seasons. I did every show, all the old greats, you know, um, Singing in the Rain, yeah. you know, all the greats. And I got to play some very fun characters. And at the end of it all, he said to me, uh, the very next season, I said, what are we going to do next season, boss? And he said, oh, I'm not going to cast you in anything next season. And I said, why? What What did I do? And he said, if I keep casting you, you'll never go. And it's time for you to go. You should go to New York and really do it. Oh, my God. That just gave me chills. You know, um, for listeners that have no idea what equity is, Actors' Equity Association is the union for theater performers. And it is a must currency to have. That equity card is gold in your hand. But what an incredible human being. Oh my goodness. He's wow. still he's still one that I cherish and adore because when no when everyone else was saying it's a pipe dream, oh you don't need to mm. do I also was at the time I had gotten a job long time ago, it used to be very big, the Barbizon modeling school. Oh yes. And I was teaching there and then I'd become I'd gotten very high up mm-hmm. in the company. And so it was for, for my parents and my family to leave that job. Right. That good job. You know right. how we right. <laughs> good job to um, go to New York just in pursuit of a dream was kind of didn't make sense. I was raised by practical parents and I think I've been a dreamer my whole life. Wow. Um, so I didn't really have that push to go. I was going to make it work. I was going to perform at night and do my good job, right. you know, during right. the day. But then I read a book called In Pursuit of Purpose. And Ooh. it was by the late Miles Monroe. He's a, a very famous pastor from the Bahamas. He's passed away. But um, I read that book and it just all clicked mm-hmm. that, oh, this isn't just something I like. Mm-hmm. This is the reason why it's bubbling so heavy in me is that I'm purposed to do it. I'm supposed to do it. And it doesn't really, it has a lot to do with being an artist, but it has to do with sort of the group of people I was built to serve. Mm. (laughs) If that makes sense. Girl, that makes more sense than, (laughs) than anything. That, that, you know, because I think people, well, I shouldn't say I think, I know that people get hung up on what's considered a dream Mm -hmm. and what's considered practical. Mm -hmm. And you get squeezed in that and you end up being miserable because you are not following that thing that's bubbling up within your being Mm -hmm. that must come out. And, And you have to trust because the thing about it is here you had this desire, but you didn't have the support. You didn't have the, you didn't have the team. Yeah. You had the desire. Here comes somebody into your life and it's never by chance, y'all. Mm-hmm. Somebody comes into your life that recognizes everything in you, mm-hmm. sees the potential. See, that's what's what makes a teacher a fierce teacher. Yeah. You see the student where they are, mm-hmm. you see them where you can take them, and you see them where they're going to be. Ooh. All at once. Yeah. As yeah. you're looking at that person, you see all of their trajectory within yeah. that face. Yeah. And so here comes somebody to recognize that in you, mm-hmm. 
but he didn't, he did you even better. What's that saying? You can give somebody fish, but it's better to teach them how to fish. Yes. That's what he did. Yeah, he did. He gave you some fish, but then he taught you how to fish, mm -hmm. which is how you make your way. Yeah. And so if you are out there, folks, especially now, while you on lockdown. Yeah. And you got a dream. Mm -hmm. Don't allow anyone to tell you what's within you. Mm. There is no way they can tell you what's within you. They're not you. They're not you. So you have to trust that whatever this thing is, and I love that analogy, Angela, of it bubbling up. Mm -hmm. You have to trust that there are people that are going to see you. Mm. They're going to see that light around you. And mm. they're going to go, you, come here. Mm -hmm. Here's some information. Here's a job. Go talk to so-and-so. Mm -hmm. You will get what you need. Yes. But yes. you gotta be true to you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. It's yeah. true. It's true. And it's just, and I mean, I've as, as your friend, I've watched you be true to you. Mm, I pray so. Because I, I mean, the years of not being, yeah. you know, it, it, it's, it's wasted time. And now, yes. you know, of course we grow from it mm -hmm. and we learn a lot from it, but I just want to keep people from, from that part. I'm just yes. like, you know, the more, because he loved me that way. And mm -hmm. I don't even think he would think of it as love. You know, he was right. just, he probably, when I talked to him, he doesn't even remember doing it. <laughs> he was oh, just, he was wow. just being a good person. You know yes. what I mean? But that's what I try to be to people. You know, yeah. I try to see them and encourage them in their dream. Mm -hmm. And the, the one thing I always remind myself is I do not have to understand it. Because if I understood it, then, you know, if it's been done a lot, they try to explain it to you. It's unexplainable. That's right. So all you have to do is just when someone says, you know, I got this idea, something I do it. Yes. Just yes. do it. I'm standing with you. I support you. Mm -hmm. If you want to explain it to me, I'll listen. I'll try to understand, but you don't even have to explain it to me. That's if it's right. bubbling That's up right. in you, then it needs to be brought to the world. The world needs Absolutely. it. Absolutely. All right. You come to New York. You're working, and it's funny because I remember Barbizon. Y'all, I know y'all are like Barbizon. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we, we, we giving it away now. Honey, we giving it away. We, we're a little bit older than 20. Um, yeah. <laughs> just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Barbizon was, a, was basically a finishing school. It was a, it was a modeling school, and a lot of people, women went there to work on, even if they weren't going to become models, it gave you, it, it was kind of like going to Motown when, when um, the Supremes and all of them were doing their thing. Yeah. It, it was mm -hmm. a finishing school. It showed you how to present yourself to the world. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so you come to New York and uh -huh. did you work at a, at a Barbizon here? That was my first job. Oh, I, okay. When I got here, I thought, you know, I'm going to get on at Barbizon in New York and that'll be my job. And I did it for... Uh, I would say a couple of months, but what wow. I realized was my old life was irrelevant here. Like I was, I was pursuing my artistry here. I wasn't trying to do one job and another job. And I had saved 
well because I, you know, I was I was doing Barbizon and working in a theater with an equity salary, so I had saved well before moving here, and so I did Barbizon for a couple months, and I realized I got to give this thing all I got. I got to give it all yes. I got. And so I left Barbizon alone. So that was a part of my my old life, and this is wow. my new life. And even if I have to wait tables, at least that won't consume me. You know, it won't be something right. that'll try to draw me. Yeah, I didn't do it very long here. Wow. So two things: a, you got to learn when to let go, and Ooh. recognize that something no longer serves you, and. Mm -hmm what you said in terms of drawing, being drawn in, back in, because they were moving you up, right? Along the Barbizon, mm -hmm. was, was promoting yeah. you. Yeah, but I had to, you know, I find that's when you, you really have to just, um, some people would say step out on faith. Yeah. And I agree with definitely the stepping out on faith part, but that's when you really have to know, what did I come here to do? Ooh. And I did not come here I, had, I was doing oh. that at home. Oh. So what did I come here? What did I defy? Everybody that knew me who said, I, I don't know if you should. What did, what did I come here by myself? I'm subletting an apartment in the village that I got to walk up five flights of stairs to get to this tiny apartment. I don't know but two people here, the wow. man I'm now married to. <laughs> <laughs> And, and another young lady that I, I lived with um, at a regional theater before I moved here. And so, like, I didn't come all the way here to be sitting up in this apartment to work at Barbizon. I came here to be an artist. I came here for that. So if I don't give that all I have, even if I have to do some tempting or whatever mm. to, to pay the bills, but if I don't, I, I can't have to focus on anything else too hard right. but being an artist. So, you know, I definitely dedicated my time to be in class, mm -hmm. to, you know, be reading every day. I was, remember when backstage was popular, I was in yep. backstage <laughs> every day. You know, I'd just be sitting in the union when you could just, they had a lounge. Or maybe That's right. I'd just be sitting up in there looking at people go, that's gonna be me. Oh, wow. <laughs> Open calls all the time. It was my job, the pursuit of a job was my job. I gave it, I gave it everything. I moved in 92 and was on Broadway with you in 97. Yes. A lot of regional theater stuff, you know, things that it didn't take long. Actually, even before I moved Bird, I had already booked my first, I came to look for an apartment to stay with a friend and she did something I was angry. I was so mad at her, the friend that I had done this regional theater production with. And we were roommates. And I was staying with her because she moved here like right after. And um, she said, I signed you up for an open call just so you know what it's like. You could, and I was like, no, how dare you do that? I didn't come here to audition. I'm just looking. And really I was mad at her, but really I was scared. You know, I was like, I don't want to be just thrust out there like that. And that open call, before I even moved here, I booked it. <gasps> and it was at Crossroads. Remember Crossroads? Holy cow. Yeah, I remember Crossroads. So just to give a little background, uh, well, maybe some of you have heard of things like, uh, like a cattle call. That's an open call because everybody can go. You, you're not union. And usually there are hundreds yeah. of people. 
<laughs> that go to this call and you flipping booked it? <laughs> I wasn't even living here yet. I had to move quick. Like I booked the job. I had to go home and get my stuff. But you know what? God is, it had to happen like that for me. So that I, I, nobody could talk me out of it because I had a job. I was like, I got to go. I got a job. And even my parents, I'm even my there. parents were like, you got a job. <laughs> <laughs> even they were like, what? You got a job. <laughs> you know, because the, what's so great about this story is that doesn't happen to a whole lot of us. And the, yeah. the, the scenario that people have of being an artist is that you starve. Yeah, that right. happens to some extent, but yeah, that, happens too. <laughs> that does happen. I ain't gonna front, but right. you, you, you also have successes and yes. a lot of them. If yeah. you keep to your intention and your purpose, yeah, it you end up riding out all through all of that stuff, yeah. you know. But like you said, in terms of the way it played out. It, uh -huh. it, it, you were thrust. It was like, okay, you've been dreaming about this. Bam. Question though, did you ever work with, you said you got a degree in sociology? Uh-huh. Did you ever use that degree? Every day. <laughs> I got what she said about that. And that's real talk too. <laughs> I use it every day, but no, I never worked in the field, no. That is real talk though, all the time. I love that. Yes, 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 yes. Yes and no. You weren't hired as one, but you've used those tools. Definitely. Even in my acting work, having that time to study people and how we're socialized and how we interact in our society, it's really, it, it's what we do yeah. as actors. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's really helped. And, and I kind of knew that when I chose it, because I was just like, what can I major in that's kind of gonna be, you know. Okay, <laughs> I love that. I yeah, love that. It's, it's, it's been a blessing. So you are, I know you probably wouldn't claim this, but I'm going to put it on you. Angela's what we call in the industry a triple threat. And a, <laughs> <laughs> see, I knew she was going to react like that. She followed back. But <laughs> I'm going to put it on her. Yee. I'm going to explain what a triple threat is. Triple threat is a singer, dancer, actress. Okay. You are the triple threat, my friend. Oh, honey. <laughs> you are the triple threat. I have spent the better part of our friendship trying to convince you of that. But you, you are the triple threat. Okay, I have to give a side note on that one, okay? When I decided to step out of the in industry, if you could have seen how this woman looked at me in my house, when I handed her, I had all these stacks of sheet music that I gave her, and she, you, if you could have, you would have beat me into the ground. <laughs> she would, she would have beat me down into the ground. She, you were so pissed at me. <laughs> I told you I would take that music, but you getting it back when you come back to the business. <laughs> oh my gosh, she was not having me, okay? Oh my gosh. But you know, it's funny in terms of people coming into your life with messages and things like that. When I stepped out of the industry, I mean, you knew I was doing it partly because I was depressed. Yeah, yeah. Even though you were pissed at me, 
there was a lot of love in that and a lot of support in that because it was like, I know you and where are you going? You know, when (laughs) (laughs) but you know what's funny? And this kind of goes to what you were saying earlier in terms of not having to understand you know, what what, per, what a person is seeing or what, what ideas they have. I didn't really have any ideas at that time. <laughs> but I, I knew I had to, even though not in my brain, but in my being, I knew I had to step out. Yeah. And if I had not done that, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now. Yeah, I know, and I, and I know that. You did come back to yourself as an artist, which is why what you're doing right now is even more effective because you are still using your artistry. When you went through that, I think there's a dilemma that multi-talented people face, that those of us that can really only do one or two things, (laughs) we don't have as much of a problem. It's like, what else am I gonna do? But, but multi-talented people, people who, who write and yeah. who um, who decorate and who make herbs and make bracelets <laughs> and make rings. Those people always, you know, they always go through changes because we do. There's so much they can do, so many options and so much they want to do. And, you know, it's hard to figure out which one is the thing. I I guess I think the people who do it best are those who don't try to pick, just kind of do what you've done and find find a way to incorporate all of it. That was a key for me. That was a turning point for me is when I realized it didn't matter what I was doing. Oh, because, okay, background folks, between the period of me stepping out and me being and talking to you right now, I've done a billion different things a billion different things. I traveled the world as a teacher. Uh, anyway, I've done a lot of stuff. And I've had different businesses. And so what I realized was, and this was freedom, it didn't matter what I was doing. What mattered was that I was being creative. Yeah. And when I had that epiphany, it opened me up to even more stuff. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know, but again, this all has to do with your dream, your drive, your dreams change, the forms of your dreams change, and you have to be able to be fluid and to be able to go with that. So now I'm going to back up. Okay, you did Broadway and you had like a a really good agent, I remember. You were studying with uh, William Esper. Yes, yes. I finished the the program there. Mm Mm-hmm. William Esper is a big, big to-do is in terms of acting technique. Yeah, changed my life. You know what happened with uh, the program? Uh, it was two years. Bill has passed away now, but he would not let me work I in those two years. Yep, he said, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, And I've ha- I had had some success. I think yes, by that had. time, I had done two Broadway shows. Yes. I think three by that time. So... For you to say, I don't know what I'm doing. What you doing? Exactly. <laughs> now, was that after Color Purple? Was that after you played no, Shug on Broadway? No, it was okay. before that. Okay. And um, and he said, uh, he said you're doing your same tricks every time. I remember you telling and, me that. Yeah, and they're gonna take you far until they don't. And mm. you want to have a method to your work that will take you to any circle, to any role and you'll be able to play it. So 
right now, if I let you work while you're doing this, this work here, you'll be going back there at night, perpetuating your bad habits, coming here, trying. He said, so you need to at least take it after a year. I'll look at it again mm. and, and we'll see. So I did take that time off, but here's, here's what happened. And you know, I still have, I still do tricks, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, it's grounded in more, it's grounded in reality. And it's not just a high note and it's not mm-hmm. just a, it, nothing is arbitrary anymore. I think I know what happened in those two years is I went from, because I always wanted to be a performer. I always wanted to be an entertainer. I went from wanting to be a performer and entertainer to being an artist. <gasps> Ooh. That's what happened to me. Yes. When I when I let it all go and let go of the high note and the mm-hmm. big kick and really, really looked at the creativity aspect and the truth of every moment mm-hmm. and and how really sacred it is to create anything. It really is. Um, you know, then I, I let go of all of being a performer to be an artist. And that is, that was huge for me. I'm so grateful to Bill for for pushing me to become an artist. That is beautiful. I think a performer is, a performer is stuck and, and it's wonderful. I think, you know, performing is great, but you are in your own lane. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a dancer and you're a performer, you're in that lane. Right. If you're um, if you're a singer and a performer, you're in that lane. And those things are wonderful. Mm-hmm. But an artist breaks boundaries and yes. goes and anybody looks at it and sees the artistry of it and they don't have to be a dancer, they don't have to be in it. Yes. But they see it so, whoa. And that's what sort of changes lives. That's mm-hmm. what change that's what will change how we look at this pandemic. Yes change it all by yes. something they write or something they they dance because yes. they're looking at it from an artist's point of view and not from a da-da, look at what I did yes. point of view, you know? Oh, two cents. <laughs> no, but honey, that two cents, you could take that to the bank. <laughs> that, that's two cents you could take to the bank because what's so profound to me about that is when you are a performer and like what you did, like the da, there's an emptiness about that. Because you are being peripheral. You're being on the edge of it. You're going for a thing, but it's not authentic. It's not originating out of you. It's a thing you're doing because you think that's how you're going to get a job. Yeah, that's what everybody else does. That's what everybody else does. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's what gets the big applause. But if it's when it's coming from deep within you, out of a desire to tell a truth in your work, mm. oh, I mean, mm. people can sit and watch and be mesmerized and be changed because yes. they watch somebody. I've watched somebody play a cello or a violin or the piano or sing in a different language that I didn't even understand right. what they was saying. <laughs> and just be, be just transformed by the, by the artistry of it all. That's right. And that, that was always my goal. I can't say that mm. I have succeeded at that I think that's a lifelong um, quest mm-hmm. you know but that was that's just my goal I just want to be an artist that my my work causes people to feel something it doesn't even yeah. have to be feel great you know I'm not um, trying to be a I think I'm a minister in life but I'm not trying to be um, 
I'm not trying to do church drama, if that makes sense. It makes a lot of I, sense. I just want my, my work to cause people to feel what they feel is up to them. Right. I think church dramas kind of, um, uh, they manipulate what, what you should feel. Yes. And, and that's nothing wrong with that either. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I love that too, but, um, I used to be over the drama at church, so I love, <laughs> love that. <laughs> but, but in terms of art, you don't want to manipulate anything. You just want to bring truth mm-hmm. to your work and hopefully people will be getting mad or they'll be happy yeah. or it'll make them cry. doesn't really matter. I'm not here to manipulate what you feel. Right. I just hope that you do feel. And the fact that you want to inspire people to feel through your art is a very sacred, holy thing, you know, because it's about spirit. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's amazing how you are able to talk about that time with William Esper in hindsight. I didn't think I could do that. I mean, but you know, also because I didn't major in uh, theater, I didn't go to, even though I was in plays all the time, I didn't go to uh, conservatory. Mm -hmm. It was a magical time in my life. I was hosted at a restaurant to make money and I hung out with all the students from the class and we just worked on our scene. It was a magical time that I spent two years just just being an actor, you yeah. know, just, just, and oh my goodness, it was just, I'm gonna meet up with my partner and we're gonna do this reading of a new play. And we're gonna, it was like college, although yeah. I was old at that time. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was like I was given this, given this gift of, of uh, doing it again, doing college again wow. and really studying. And I, I never, you know, when I worked with you, I'm just gonna uh, slide back just for a second. I spent that whole time, and the reason why I connected with you so well is one of them, many reasons. <laughs> um, you just are one of the most inspiring people that, that I know. One of the reasons is I was scared the whole time. So scared. Now, if you remember, I was understudying three characters. Yes. This was my first Broadway show. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, how am I understudying three leads? And oh my God, what if I mess up? What if, <laughs> you know, I would go home and just work it and read it and sing it. And I was scared because I didn't have that experience of being in um, conservatory and doing shows mm-hmm. over and over and over and over. So, you know, it was all still rather new to me. Okay. And you... You didn't see my fear. I but sure I didn't. I think in your, because you've always been, um, your intuition has always been really strong. Okay. You <laughs> took care of me like you did. Oh. <laughs> and, and you were always just, how you doing? Oh, uh, did you, how was rehearsal? You gotta go on, but you're gonna be great. I know you're gonna be great. And when I would come back to the dressing room after having, gone on because we, we closed very early so I only went on I think like twice or three yeah. times or something like that but you know when you go on for the audience you get to be in the, the lead actor's dressing room for that time that you're on <laughs> and then when it's over you go back to your to the chorus dressing with room the rest with, of us. <laughs> with, with, with your system and when I would come back you know you always had positive things to say and encouragement and Jackie, it just meant so much to me. So even though you oh, may wow. not have known I was scared, I think your angel Jackie did. 
Wow. And so I, in many ways you were, because I was sat next to you, if you remember. Yeah, I do. So yeah, you were just that smiling face. And, and, and as artists, we tend to, everybody was wonderful. But I think when we're focused and we're putting together a new show, mm-hmm. anybody got time to be encouraging? True. You know, True. everybody's trying to get their part. You True. Know? But um, but you and uh, my dear, dear friend, rest in peace, Lawrence Hamilton, oh, were those two Lawrence. people, you know, who just really were always encouraging. Even Tanya Pinkins, yeah. so encouraging and loving. And I, I'll, I'll just never forget that experience because I was wow. scared little girl trying not to let nobody see it. <laughs> well, I think you did a good job of that. Didn't somebody say to you, you're never going on? That happened at another show. I was, when I was doing the Wiz, <laughs> the understudying um, Eartha Kitt. <laughs> and Eartha Kitt said it was the national tour of the Wizard of Oz. And we were here doing the Madison Square Garden. And um, she had said that I would never get on, darling. You'll never go on. I don't miss shows, darling. Oh, she said, God. and then she ended up booking an Old Navy commercial. I don't know if you remember, Eartha Kitt used to be starring in those Old Navy commercials. Yes. And, and she had to go and tape that commercial. And I went on right here, medicine. <laughs> 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 I did it and had invited my friends. and oh. It was amazing. She came back. She said, Angela, darling. I said, yes, Miss Kitt, who I just, you know, adored. She said, um, I hear you did a good job. <laughs> she said, it was good. I had such a good time. Thank you so much. I had such a good time. She said, very good, because it will never happen again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. What a great story. Oh, yeah. my gosh. So when she I... Was she was... Yeah, I met her. I remember... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, uh, we're talking about the, the great Eartha Kid. So I'm going to fast forward. Okay. Because I could talk to you for hours. I'm going to fast forward. I know, my baby waking up in about 10 minutes. Okay, we're going we gonna to wrap this. We're going to bring it around. But the, but this is an important part, point that I want to tap. Okay, so she's done Broadway. You were understudied at Eartha Kid. <laughs> you got to go on in, your, in, in New York. And then, and you're doing tours. And you're doing all this stuff. And then bam, there was a wall. Nothing, nothing, yeah. I had had a a really pretty storied career up until, you know, like I said, I came to visit a friend and booked my first, (laughs) you know, job. And that same year, I think I booked my first national commercial. I didn't even know what that meant until the checks started coming. I was like, why does he keep sending me checks? (laughs) Oh, that that is precious. Everybody wanted to book a national commercial. You could buy a house with a national commercial. Oh my gosh, too funny. Um, but um, and even uh, side note, my whole career I've always done better when I didn't know. My husband, he liked to know. I know. I want to know who's in the room. I want to know how many times. It, blah, 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 blah. I go. I don't want to know none of that. Just tell me what time to be there, and I'll do my work. <laughs> I've always tended to do better when I'm a little ignorant, but <laughs> just a little bit. But um, so years went by, and there was some. There were a lot of highs and lows. That's the nature of our business. There are peaks and valleys and they are hard. They are, um, especially when you've had a high peak, Mm -hmm. that valley is, is, um, 
is t it's tough. It's yeah. very hard. I, I think right after I worked with you, I got really sick, and that was a, a hard, hard valley. But um, we came out of that. But the biggest one was I, I did the color purple and did it on Broadway, and and ended up getting uh, the national tour after that. And so I did it for altogether five years, two years on the road, three years on Broadway. And you know, when you do a long run of something, you change throughout that run. Mm -hmm. You change, you get older, you get right. the person you were, you, you come out, you come back and you go, oh, that's how they doing it now. You yes. know, you, you don't yes. even know what the new new right. way of singing is or what right. the new you know everything changes the industry and, and changes you don't know yes. where you fit in you know who am i am i the mother now oh, or the grandmama or when i left i was still the sister but right. now i'm the grandma right <laughs> you know you just right. you know things change and so i came back off the road um i lost my dad during that time yeah and my mom moved in with us during that time a lot a lot happened a lot of changes mm -hmm. came off the road and couldn't book a job to save my life yeah nobody had no room for me right whatever i was doing they weren't having it right it was just no 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 uh, no want to see her no you know i couldn't book i went a year and a half with nothing, not even a callback, sometimes not even any auditions, nothing. My pastor, we joined a, a different church, a smaller church. My pastor asked me, I did something for Black History Month, and he said, would you be interested in, in working for the church as the arts director and sort of bringing us um, to a different level in the arts of the church? I never thought about doing anything but being an artist. You know, I, I, I don't mind waiting some tables and stuff, but a whole nother career? Mm. I had never had to give that a a thought. You know, I, like you, had figured out a way to hustle and make money. Right, right. When the, you know, when we were in the valley, you know, seeing right. wedding bands and, you know, doing yeah. other things. But to leave and be, do something completely different, it was scary. I thought, well, what if I can never come back? Mm -hmm. What if, you know, what if, this is the end, you know, of my career. And and it was so bad and so slow and money was so, you know, tight that I had to take that job. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, unlike a lot of churches, they were paying well for the job, you know. Uh -huh. So it wasn't just, you know, can you donate a little time? It was serious. It was a job. And I took it. And it was also the best four years, something like that. And it was the best time, too, because... I was able to pour into other people mm -hmm. and take my attention off myself and wow. pour into other people and their dreams and why aren't you doing that and what, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. a lot of my people that I worked with now are, um, I call them babies, but they're not, <laughs> uh, you know, one wanted to be a chef so bad, but she was pursuing something else. Now she's a big time chef with uh, the Food Network. And, oh! You know, another one is uh, several pursuing acting. So, you know, I, it, was a, it wasn't time wasted. It was wonderful. But in the Beautiful. midst of all that, I, I in the midst of that slump, I went away to do, uh, before the slump, before the slump, I went away, when I did book one thing, I went away to do um, Into the Woods and I didn't book it, somebody recommended me. Adrian Lennox couldn't do it. And Into the Woods was a dream role for me. So I went to wow. Atlanta to do that and I played the witch and it was a dream. I love that show. And that was right before the phone stopped ringing. And 
So um, the casting director for Tyler Perry Studios was in the audience and invited me to come and audition for Meet the Browns. And wow. she, she loved the show and was very complimentary of my work in the show. And that was just amazing. So I, I went to Tyler Perry Studios to, to audition for Meet the Browns. And I just thought, oh, wow, this is the turning point. This is it, you know, I'm gonna get the <laughs> part. And, um, and I didn't, I didn't get the part, but I wow. was disappointed. It was like one scene on Meet the Browns. I was very disappointed that I didn't get it. Came back home and that's when the slump started. That's when mm. no one called. That's when I started working at the church. Wow. All of those things happened. And I got a call like two years, a year and a half later to audition for this new show that Tyler was doing for Oprah's network. They said, just do a self-tape. Casting director remembered you from a year and a half ago from Into the Woods. Just do a self-tape and send it in. Now you and I both know, doing a self-tape and send it in, it usually ends there. Yes. It's not, you know, <laughs> yes. self-tapes aren't, they don't, you know, a lot of times now, because we're in a, a different technological age, they yield work. But back then, it was kind of right. like... Right. Eh. shot in the so, dark. Yeah. But, you know, Scott and I did it um, in the kitchen, right here in our kitchen. <laughs> I love it. And, um, and I sent it in. And the next day, they were saying, uh, Tyler wants to fly you to Atlanta for you to audition <sighs> in person. The next day, I was like, wow. what? <laughs> So I went to um, Atlanta, did the audition, read with the guy who now plays my son. And uh, we had great chemistry and it was a lot of fun. And from that moment, Jackie, my life changed. Ugh. So my message, I guess to people is, you know, if you can get, come out on the other side of your slump. Yes. It won't take but one phone call Ugh. for your life to change. I love you know, that. we just got, got to make it through your slump. And that. we all will have them. <laughs> that, oh boy, and we'll have them more than once too. Listen, I'll have another one. Now, my prayer is always that, you know, I can make it through to come out on the other side of whatever the next, you know, slump was. Yeah, we'll all have them. But that, I mean, that was really almost two years of, of nothing, nobody. So don't, don't think that nobody wanting you or nobody um, answering the call or nobody hiring you means that you've lost it. Yes. It just may mean that you need this break to do something else mm -hmm. and to use your gift in a different way. Yeah. No, don't close the door on this gift. Just know that you may need this moment to use it in a, in a different way. So mm -hmm. that, that's how it worked out for me. Oh my goodness. And <laughs> I'm going to fast forward to <laughs> seeing a post, I guess, Facebook or Instagram, I forgot which one, where you're getting a star on Tyler Perry's Walk of Fame. Girl, that was just... I think you text me. <laughs> I think you text me. I had to have. I had to have texted you because that yeah. was just... I, I, I can't even describe or explain fully how I felt when I saw that. A lot of what Ann just shared with you, some a lot of this I knew. I was aware of the, some of the, the valleys. So to know the valleys and to see the heights because you stayed true to yourself because I remember when you were working for that church I remember you talking about finding an aspect that you were enjoying because you were beginning to speak as a motivational speaker mm -hmm. which is another one of your love yeah I love it I love it and I, I get to do it still a lot so you know what 
that four years of working for the church prepared me for this. So if now when people invite me to speak, it's like I, I was doing that. Yeah. So it, it's, you know, and there's, there's nothing arbitrary. There's nothing, nothing arbitrary. That's mm. what's so exciting about life. There is yeah. nothing arbitrary. And if you can get your, wrap your brain around that, even if you don't understand the purpose at the time that is happening, it does mm -hmm. serve a purpose. There's nothing that's, as Ange says, arbitrary. Everything falls into place. And you maybe find out years later, oh, that's what that period of time was about. <laughs> yes. 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 Oh, my God. And I mean, and the thing that's, I don't know, the thing that's so funny that you have this show now. <laughs> because <laughs> the thing that always... Uh, sort of inspired me was that you always your valleys yielded always some new thing for the world <laughs> to to have you know in your valley you're like oh girl I'm I'm doing greeting cards I yeah. got I still have I still have a, quite a few of them oh um, thank you because um, I think I bought some opening night cards you did um, yeah. Yes, you and did. And so I, you know, we went to a digital age. Right. And so I kept saying, when I do a show again, I'm going to, you know, give people these opening night cards. Yeah, I, I haven't done a show. That's <laughs> all right, will. mama. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, your valleys, you know, the silk wire jewelry, um, <laughs> the knitting. I still have my dress you knit for me. Oh, my um, gosh. I still have that. I wow. will not get rid of that. And I have the photo. You did. I have the photo in my bedroom of you in that dress. You know, because that's the other thing that I have. I'm grateful for you for you have always supported my endeavors. You, you've always been supportive in that way. And I thank you so much for that. Because when I saw that picture, I had forgotten about that fishnet dress. Yes, yes. I had you know what? About that. That dress has always been goals for me because you know when I go up and down weight wise. Woo, we go. Yeah, yeah. I got some when pants go, sitting up there now. Mm -mm. I always go when I put on that fishnet dress again. I gotta get in that fishnet. Dress. <laughs> I got I got me some pants sitting up in the closet right now. That um I'm like uh, we gonna get back in these pants. Uh huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the week, I mean, usually you've always inspired me in, in, in using my valleys to see what I'm supposed to be doing in that moment. Sometimes when you're sitting in that valley, you hear a little bit better <laughs> than during the highs. Oh my God, which is what we are in now, this pause, this moment. Yeah. That's why sometimes I get a little, I won't say offended. It's not offended. Maybe defensive. When I read posts or hear people say, during this time, y'all better be grinding at home. Y'all better be oh, coming up yeah. with your next way yeah. that you're going to make money when you come. I'm like, uh, yeah. please. Yeah. <laughs> In this moment, sometimes just being quiet and listening Whew. is what, because some people are on, you know, I, I'd say, some people are on the front line right now. Mm -hmm. They're in the hospitals. Mm -hmm. They're essential workers. They're going out. They're risking their lives. So amazing. Some people are on the front line right now. There'll be a whole nother group of people on the front line when this is over. Yes. And that's the spiritual front line. That's, yes. the, that's because there's going to be a lot of psychological heartache from 
from this moment. People lost loved ones. People were very ill. People experienced a deep amount of loneliness. Yes. Depression, uh, domestic yes. violence. People in their house getting beat up. Yes. They can't go nowhere. Yes. So much so the frontline worker is gonna look different when this is over. So you don't take this moment to pause and listen to what your mm. what your voice is gonna be yes. and what you need to be saying instead of trying to outwork out everybody. Yeah. Trying to out, out uh digital post everybody. Yeah. You know, it's a, this is a pause. Take it. Take it. Take it. And also, the thing is, we, we have a lot of heartache because people are dying. Loved ones are dying. But the best way to honor these people is to live your best life, not to squander any time. Any time. And there's, I mean, and there's some of us, like, I, this isn't a rest moment for me. I have a two-year-old. So this isn't, you know, this is, this is a lot of work moment for mm -hmm. me. I have a two-year-old and a 93-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So it's a um, so it's a it's the busiest I've ever been, but in a very rewarding mm. way. Mm. Um, it you know you don't realize when you're running around all the time what you've missed. Can you, can you say that one more time? <laughs> I mean, I I I, I would have missed out on a lot, and I was like, wow. You know, he's only going to be two once. Yeah. You know, my mom is, you know, 93. So what a what a gift of time that I've been given mm. to just look at him. Right. Know, and run after and fix a tantrum and kiss a, a, a hurt knee and a boo-boo, you know. And, you know, we just, I wouldn't have gotten that if I was running around. And yeah. I appreciate it. I, I'm, I'm appreciative of this moment. And I'm also appreciative of whatever God is birthing in me. Amen. Amen. Girl, I cannot thank you enough for talking to me. It's so beautiful. I love you. I get so geeked up when I hear an inspiring story. If you are one of the many, 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 many people out there who's working a job you hate, or following a career that no longer burns for you, begin to see what it is that you actually want to do. Write it down, wherever you want to write it down. Write it on paper, write it on your phone, your computer, your tablet. Whatever works, write it down. Begin to see yourself having it, achieving it, creating it. Willpower, trust, faith. Don't tell yourself you can't. Don't allow anyone else to tell you you can't. Thank you for listening. If you want to find out more information about my guest, just look at the show notes. All of the links are there. And remember to roll with peace in mind.